In this video, we're going to talk about forming a business. Now, I just need to start with a disclaimer. This is not legal, tax, or accounting advice. It is for educational purposes only. You should make your own decision based on your own circumstances. If you need legal advice, seek legal counsel. If you need tax or accounting advice, seek your own personal tax or accounting professional. Kristen cannot serve as your tax or accounting professional. Ingram Digital Media Inc. and Marginful Business LLC are not liable for the decisions made based on the information provided. Okay, so I just put that there because we're, we're giving you a lot of information here. Um, you can, you know, you should absolutely do your own research. You should absolutely go out there. Um, you know, if you need to talk to professionals, um, you can, uh, but we are going to provide this information to you to help you educate yourself to make an informed decision. But ultimately you are going to make the decision on how you form your business. All right, let's go forward. Now we have included for you a business setup worksheet to help you organize all of the data that you gather. Um, you can find that in this module. Uh, and it should be really helpful for you in making this decision. Okay, so how do you form a business? Number one, you need to decide which entity type is right for you. And there are three ways you can start. You can either use your name, you can make up a name, which is called a DBA, doing business as, or a fictitious name, depending on your state. So DBA literally stands for doing business as, um, and DBAs can be used either with a sole proprietorship. So for example, Kristen Ingram doing business as uh, Ingram Digital Media, or, um, Marginful Business LLC doing business as Kristen's bookkeeping company. Um, so you can put a DBA on either your name or an LLC name, but typically you see DBAs on um, individuals because typically with an LLC, you're going to try to name your LLC um, whatever you want your display name to be. Okay. So how do you decide which entity type is right for you? Well, if you go through the business setup worksheet, we talk about a, a lot of different things to consider. Things Basically, there are two main things that you're going to take a look at. You're going to look at how much is it going to cost to set up whatever type of entity you use. Using your name is typically free. Um, in most states, a DBA is less expensive than an LLC, but not always. Um, in some states, when you form an, a DBA, you actually need to put it in the paper, and that becomes extremely expensive. In some states, you have to put uh, when you form an LLC, you have to put it in the paper, which is extremely expensive. Um, but so the business setup worksheet is going to have you look up all the fees um, and any other things that you may need to pay for when setting up your business. Listen, the reason that we go through this so early is because I want to make sure that you do this right. There are lots of businesses out there that aren't set up properly that are just operating. And I want to make sure that you don't get into any trouble. Okay, so you're going to consider the cost of setting up your entity. You're also going to consider um, what's your net worth. Do you have any assets you need to protect? Um, anything like that. Typically, when people come to me and say, I'm not going to start my business because I can't afford my LLC. That's typically a sign that you don't need an LLC. Okay. Um, because typically an LLC is put in place to protect the assets that you have. Now, typically in your state, and you can check to see if this is the case in your state, but typically in a state, retirement assets are protected, which means that, you know, in the unlikely event that anything happens, which really unlikely, but in the unlikely event that anything does happen, um, your retirement assets would not be at risk. And typically for most people, their retirement assets are like the largest chunk of assets that they have. So um, in the business setup worksheet, we have you think about what your net worth is. Do you have any assets you have to protect? And what are the costs going to be? And so I really encourage you to run through that worksheet um, for the state that you live in because uh, LLCs are set up at the state level. Uh, DBAs are set up either at the state level, the county level, or the local level, which typically it's county or local. Um, and so take a look at all of the fees and all the work involved in doing this. Um, people ask me all the time, should they pay for LegalZoom to do this for them? So essentially, when you hire a company like LegalZoom or Rocket Lawyer or any of the other ones, essentially, you're going to pay all the fees associated with setting up your business, plus you're going to pay them a whole bunch of money to basically file forms for you. Um, I would recommend before you go that route, 
contact the state or contact the county or local government um, and ask them for help. Typically, the employees are super, super helpful, and it can save you a ton of money, okay? So just keep that in mind. All right. So once you decide which type of entity is right for you, and I'll tell you, so in full disclosure, um, so for the first 14 years of my firm, I actually um, used my name, okay? My firm name was Kristen L. Ingram, CPI. It was not until um, it was not until we started building up some assets, and I hired someone else to work for me um, that we set up an LLC. So that's just my personal experience. What I did, um, you can do whatever makes you feel most comfortable. Okay, so that's number one. Decide which entity type is right for you. Number two, you need to come up with a name. Now, for a lot of people, they really struggle with this. So I just want to give you some tips um, for coming up with a name. So shorter is better, but easier to spell is better than shorter. Okay. Um, so we once had a website that was called Cling to Cash except it was K-L-I-N-G. Um, and we thought that that was really cute, but a lot of people had trouble spelling it. Um, other people thought that um, I meant like cling, like grab. Um, and so cryptic is usually not good either. Um, if you think something is cute, um, if people don't understand it, um, if it's like an inside joke, you might actually repel people. Use a name that describes what you do today. So a lot of people say, well, you know, I want to add taxes and I want to add consulting and I want to add this. So I want to be Ingram um, Consulting Services. Well, the problem is that doesn't really tell me what you do. Um, whereas Ingram Bookkeeping Services tells me exactly what you do. Okay. And actually I call it Ingram Bookkeeping because shorter is better. Don't put extraneous words on your business name. Or if you do, try to see if you can find a, a web domain that is shorter. And we'll talk about that in a second. You can use your name, colors, feelings, if there's any local charm or locations. Um, we have somebody in the course that her business name is Blue Ridge Bookkeeping. Um, and I absolutely love that. We've had Bohemian book Bookkeeping. We've had Pink Elephant Bookkeeping. Um, and so, you know, we have some people who use their last names. We have people that use their kids' names or their kids' initials. Um, so when when I was growing up, my um, my family had a, an electrical company, and it was named after my sister and my brother. It was JT Electric. Um, so you can use lots of different things, okay? Um, once you kind of have some ideas, I want you to go to Namecheap, and the URL is below this video. Um, if you use our link, you can usually get special pricing. Um, so you go to Namecheap and search for dot coms. Now, a dot com will typically cost you anywhere between eight and $12. If it costs more than that, that means that somebody owns it and they're trying to resell it. So if you see it's like it costs $2,000, that means somebody already owns it and they're trying to sell it. Okay. Um, your URL, right, which is your dot com. So like, for example, bookkeeper training school.com is a URL. Marginfulbusiness.com is a URL. Google.com is a URL. Okay. So you want to search Namecheap and see what you can come up with. Then you might be wondering, well, there's this thing I really want, but it's a dot net or it's a .co. Um, here's the thing. Most people think in terms of .com. They just do. And so um, it's really hard to say, oh, I'm a .net, I'm a .co, I'm a .whatever. People are going to think .com, okay? And I say this as somebody who owns nearly 100 domains. Um, we always, always try to have a .com, even if we have something shorter. Like, so for example, we own, um, let's see, I own bts.mom. Okay. I love bts.mom. It's like my favorite URL because it's super, super short, right? Um, it's awesome. It's super short. But getting people to think like that .mom is actually an extension for a website is really, really tough. Okay. So I always, and listen, like these domain names, like I said, they're probably between eight and $12 a piece. So, you know, if you can find like a .mom or a .co or a .whatever that is really short, buy that one and then buy a .com that's longer. Okay. That's another way that you can deal with it as well. You also want to Google to see if there are any prominent bookkeeping companies with the same name, either in your area or that have a large online following. Make sure you check Facebook. 
um, in Instagram to see if the names, whatever name you pick is also available there. Um, don't overthink it. And yes, you can change your name later. And it's actually pretty easy to do so. So I don't want you to spend like three weeks trying to figure this out. I want you to come up with something by the end of this week. Okay. Because I want you to have your, I want you to have your business set up, at least the, the first part, um, set up by the end of this week. Okay. So you're going to figure out what entity type you want to use, right? If you're going to use your name, if you, Hey, if you use your name, that's a lot easier Then you just got to find a URL that works. Um, and like I said, the name of the business and the URL do not have to be the same. Okay. Um, so I want you to do that by the end of this week. Okay. So you can use your name, you can do a DBA doing business as, or you can set up an LLC. Okay. Um, if you do an LLC, you're also going to want to search, um, your secretary of state to make sure that that name is not taken. Okay. Um, so make sure that you do that as well. Okay. Okay. Number three, file the paperwork. So you're going to file the appropriate paperwork with your state or local government, depending on how you decide to set up your entity. LLCs are always at the state level, typically with the secretary of state's office. DBAs are the town, the county, or occasionally the state level. So you want to Google, how do I form a DBA or LLC in the name of my state? Um, there'll be lots of information out there, including some paid sites. But what I typically try to do is I look for the site for my state, okay, or the site for my county. Um, but typically, the state level sites will help you drill in where you need to go. Usually, you can fill them out online for an LLC. Counties are not that great. So typically, you need to, sometimes you need to actually go into like town hall or county hall. Is it county hall? I don't know. <laughs> and uh, and like get the form or sometimes the forms are online. Okay. Um, but you basically have to, you have to get the appropriate paperwork for LLCs. You can typically do it online and it's pretty quick. Okay. So I get this question all the time. What is a registered agent? If you file an LLC, a registered agent is an individual or entity which has been designated by the LLC to receive service of process notices, government correspondence, and compliance-related documents on behalf of the LLC. So essentially, a registered agent accepts mail. That's really their job. Um, if, you know, on the, like the super rare occasion, okay, the super rare instance, um, if you were to get served with a notice for court, that notice would be dropped off to this person at the address listed for the registered agent. Um, so a lot of states are going to like read through the documentation. It's like the person must be there all the time and always available and never go to the bathroom and never close the door. Um, so that, yes, that is technically, that is true. Um, however, the, the main job of a registered agent is to accept mail for the LLC, things like tax documents, um, notice of annual filings and things like that. And so those things come through the mail, they're not registered mail. Um, and so, you know, typically most small businesses use a member of the LLC as their registered agent. Um, I actually looked this up on SCORE, which is part of the SBA. And they said that the vast majority of small businesses um, use themselves as the registered agent. So. There are a couple states that require you to use um, someone else as a registered agent, but remember the registered agent must be located inside the state where you're filing your business. So um, if you are in a state that requires you to use a registered agent other than yourself, um, then you know make sure that you add that into your cost figure for setting up your business. And that is something that we have you do on the business setup worksheet. Okay, and then number four, you're gonna get an EIN. An EIN is an employer identification number. It's like a social security number for your business. It helps you protect your social security number. So when you go to work for somebody else, you fill out a W-4 and you give it to them and they use that um, to help figure out your taxes and to pay you properly. And you have to put your social security number on that. Well, when you own a business, there is an equivalent form called a W-9. 
And you have to give that form to all of your clients um, so that they can pay you properly. And so that if they have to give you a 1099, which is a form that's kind of similar to a W-2, it basically says how much your business was paid um, by another business. Well, if you don't have an EIN, you have to put your social security number on those W-9s. And I don't know about you, but I don't want my social security number floating out there any more than it already is. So even if you use your name, even if you get a DBA, I really recommend that you get an employer identification number. And no, you don't need to have employees to have an, an employer identification number. It's completely free. You can go to irs.gov business. You can fill out the online form and get your EIN. Now, when you go to fill out this form, it is going to ask you a series of questions. And it might say, especially if you're a DBA or using your name, oh, you don't need an EIN. Get one anyways, okay, um, to protect your social security number. You cannot get an EIN until your entity is set up and confirmed, okay? So if you do an LLC, you have to wait until you get the confirmation back that your LLC is all set before you, before you get your EIN. So that's why I want you to set up your business in this week so that way we have some time for that to get processed in order to get your EIN so that you can get clients by the end of week six, okay? All right, so that is it, okay? Now you've got some work to do for this week and we'll talk about that in the next video.